He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get fooled again. He's Matt Long, and this is The Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on a Friday morning. And uh, in case I forget, which happens every now and then on a Friday, be nice to the tourists for crying out loud. In fact, um, I'm going to be a tourist this uh, week. Well, not a tourist. I've got a working trip to go take this weekend. So, um, yeah, just I hope people are nice to me where I go. And I want you to be nice to the tourists around here. Yeah, I know it's hard. Man, last weekend was was rough, wasn't it? Wasn't it? We didn't uh, even Friday. It was crazy. So, um, but I got out of town last weekend. We managed to do that every year for Oktoberfest. Um, so, got some things on your calendar. Got a great show uh, coming up for you today. We have Marilyn Norwood on here today, and Marilyn is a Turning Point USA. Uh, worker B at University of Texas. Yes, uh, Marilyn is a conservative trying to take on the University of Texas in Austin. Bless her heart, but she's doing a great job, and we're going to have Marilyn Norwood on here in just a few minutes uh, with uh, giving us some information about your opportunity to uh, hear, see, listen to, be a part of uh, a presentation by Charlie Kirk part of a Charlie Kirk event. So we'll have Marilyn on here in about, oh, I don't know, about 10 minutes. Um, got some things on your calendar. This is Monday. On Monday now, we will be, I will be on Monday. I will be attending. I'm not on trial. I will be attending the um, the uh, election integrity trial in Fredericksburg. This starts at nine o'clock. It is. Uh, I was listening to Harley, and he was talking about he wasn't too sure if where it was. He had two different locations, folks. It is in Fredericksburg, is where this is going to be. So, uh, at the, above the jail on the second floor, and it is Monday at ten a.m., which I find very interesting, as that is um, a holiday. So I'm not too sure what's going on there, but that's what the schedule is right now. Um, so on Thursday the 13th, all right, going on to next week, we got several things happening uh, next uh, Thursday the 13th, uh, starting at 11.30 in the morning till 1. There's going to be a meet and greet with Chip Roy. If you want to get together with Chip Roy in Kerrville, um, on Thursday, this coming Thursday from 1130 to 1, and Chip is going to be at Buzzy's Barbecue uh, right here in Kerrville. So um, if you want to visit with uh, Chip, that's a great opportunity to do so. Uh, also on Thursday the 13th at uh, 630 in the evening, the Fredericksburg Tea Party will be having its last um, open to the public meeting of the year. And so we have, it's going to be an all education meeting. If you're concerned about uh, government schools, yeah, that's what uh, we used to call public schools, but we're going to rename them. Um, if you're um, concerned about what's going on in government schools, 
than uh, in any legislation that may or may not be appearing in the next session. Um, this is a good uh, opportunity for you to find out about that. If you are a homeschooler or are considering it or have friends who are homeschoolers and you just want to kind of know what it's all about and maybe can you possibly help them, um, we also have a representative from Texas Homeschool Coalition. It's a double header, folks. Uh, we're going to have the opportunity to talk about government schools as well as your home schools. So that's next Thursday at 6.30. We meet at St. Joseph's Hall in Fredericksburg. That's 212 West, uh, West San Antonio, 212 West San Antonio Street in Fredericksburg, we have dinner at 6 o'clock for a suggested donation of about $7. And then the uh, meeting starts at 6.30 promptly. So looking forward to uh, having you uh, there for our last official meeting of the year. Um, also coming up on Sunday, Sunday the 16th, so a week out um, from noon to 4 in front of the uh, Biederman Ace Hardware in Fredericksburg. Um, our very own representative Kyle Biederman's one of his uh, ba uh, businesses, uh, the Ace Hardware there, and uh, Texas Nationalist Movement folks are going to be there. The TNM folks, I believe it is uh, Mark Rose or Steve Rose. Uh, my apologies, I, I I think it's Steve. Um, anyway, that is from noon to four. Go ask your questions. Go ask your questions. Um, I am getting closer and closer to um, agreeing with uh, the Texas nationalist movement after, yeah, uh, after many, many years of staying, saying, no, I have faith in the United States. I have faith in the United States that I believe we can uh, work all of this out and, and get back to a constitutional republic. Um, my mind has been pretty much radically changed in the last year and a half on that. Um, I am not uh, ready to completely write off the United States, but I'm getting closer and closer every day, especially with, the, with what the Department of Justice and the FBI and what's going on and uh, the way our elections were held and how certain states in the last election cycle just let it completely get out of hand. Um, and so I have a whole list of reasons why I think it is time for us to start looking at what it would take. All right, let's just say, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Let's just say that uh, tomorrow, we found out, we finally, tomorrow something so incredibly insane happened at the federal level that uh, Texans just said, that's it, we're done, we're out of here. Well, what would you need to do to wrap up that relationship? See, we don't even know. We don't even have a plan. And is there anything wrong with actually having a plan to uh, exit um, anything, is there any reason for us not to be prepared for something like that? Even if it never happens, I was showing my nephew, uh, he was, uh, up a couple of weekends ago, spent the weekend with us. And I talked to him about emergency preparation and we went over the, uh, the, uh, the dehydrated and dried food I had and 
and it's um, it's it's a lot. And um, I was telling him about it, and I said, and by the way, 25 years from now, if you want to laugh at how your stupid, crazy Uncle Matt and thinking the world was going to end and had all of this food stashed away, I said I would rather be the laughing stock than be completely unprepared and something happened and uh, not have the oil for my lamps. And so um, that is uh, also the same logic I use behind I behind the idea that Texas should have a plan. Just I mean, we have a plan for massive hurricanes. We have plans for all kinds of things that might or may or may not ever happen, but we have a contingency plan for them. I think it's time we come up with a contingency plan for Texas if and when they should ever become a republic again. We need to be ready for that. And no, it's not unconstitutional. I'm sorry. I gotta. Every time I talk about TNM, I'm reminded of the uh, the Republicans who have told me that it's unconstitutional for Texas to uh, leave the union. I, I just. I'm sorry. I just have to laugh. It's because it's so shows such a ridiculous lack of knowledge about all kinds of things. All right, so um, give you a little bit of a Ben Franklin before we take a break. And here's a good one, a real simple one. A good example is the best sermon. A good example is the best sermon. Folks, uh, y'all stay tuned. We're going to take a short break, and we will be right back. He owns the largest collection of do-rags in Gillespie County. He's Matt Long. All right, we are back. Thank you so much for staying tuned. Um, we're um, uh, waiting on a call from uh, Marilyn Norwood right now about the um, upcoming uh, Turning Point USA event with um, Charlie Kirk. And uh, I really don't know a whole lot about it. And so I'm going to move on to my next uh, um, article um, this is um, very, very interesting um, uh, that the Texas GOP, for the first time since I've been engaged, um, we have had these uh, priorities, Republican Party priorities, that have come out of the conference, out of the state convention. And um, so we... we um, so they come out of the state convention, and everybody goes, yay, that's what the Republicans are all about. See, we've, we've discussed this on the program before. How do you define a Republican, a Texas Republican? Well, you go to the, you go to the party platform. What does the uh, platform say? What do the priorities say? These are the things that define what a Republican is in Texas. I mean, you have to know, right? I mean, if you were just to uh, drop in from some alien planet and not know um, the difference between a uh, Republican or a Democrat, and, and you said, all right, how do I find out what is a Republican and what is a Democrat? 
Well, you would go, I would assume someone would uh, teach you how to use the interwebs if you were an alien from another planet, and you would say, all right, go look up, um, you know, the platform. What is the platform of the party, of, of each of the parties? What are th- this is what they believe in. This is their philosophy. And then you would go and you would find a page on, on the uh, Republican Party of Texas, uh, GOP Party uh, of Texas, a website and it would show the priorities and it would say these are the priorities of the Republican Party and therefore then what's the next logical thing you're you're the alien who doesn't know anything about it and you look at the two platforms and you say well you know what I kind of like that Republican platform I think I'll vote for Republicans and so this alien goes out in this uh, from another planet not another uh, country so this illegal alien now um from another planet, goes out and he votes uh, Republican, and then he kicks back and he watches the Texas legislature at work, and then he watches John Cornyn at work, and then he looks at Mitch McConnell at work, and about by this time he's going to go, wait a minute, wait a minute, maybe I misread something. So he's going to go back and read the uh, Republican Party platform and and the priorities and go, wait a minute, there's a disconnect here. And that alien might look at you and say, um, can't you see this? There's a lot of people who claim to be Republicans, but they sure don't act like one when they get in office. My, oh my. And so if you're shocked to hear that, I'm, you know, I'm not sure what to tell you. Um, but uh, that is what exactly what would happen. Um, folks, I got a phone call here. I think uh, it may be uh, uh, Maryland, so we're going to pull this up and see what happens here. Good morning. You're live on the radio on the Matt Long Show. Good morning. How are you? I am well. Is this Maryland? Yes, this is. All right. Maryland Norwood, so glad to have you on the air with us today. Tell us about, we have you on the air to talk about Turning Point USA and about an upcoming event with, um, what what is that guy's name? What is that? Charlie Kirk, that guy, Charlie Kirk. So, Marilyn, tell us a little bit about, first of all, about Turning Point USA. Who are they? What do they do? Um, We probably have some listeners who've never heard of uh, TPUSA. So, tell us a little bit about them. Sure, absolutely. Turning Point USA is a a political group on student campuses across the nation. We play offense with a sense of urgency to win over America's culture war. So we have chapters at over 3,000 different universities and high schools, and we get kids ready to go into the political movement and get active in their communities. That sounds really good. You mentioned the term culture war. That's a man, that's a big one. That's very, very important. You said something about high school. Now, I know you're at UT, and we want to talk about Charlie Kirk and UT, but talk to me a little bit about Turning Point USA and the high school and how does that work? And, and uh, what could, uh, if someone is listening to this and would like to have a chapter in their high school, how do they go about doing that? Absolutely. So we just launched our chapter division just this year, so it's brand new. And kids, if they want to get involved through Turning Point, they can go to the website and get involved under the student section on the website. 
And they can also reach out through um, messaging different chapters on social media. Our field reps are always happy to help and uh, get involved with their high schools. Uh, we know I know there's one in Fredericksburg, Texas, which I think is where this show is coming yep, out. Yep, we're, we're, that's yeah. part of our listening area, sure enough. Yep, so uh, we have many different high school chapters, and uh, we have field reps that reach out with those students and go to those school boards, meetings in local areas, and get connected with the parents. Okay, so you said go to the website, but, but Marilyn, you didn't tell us what website. What website should a student go to? Uh, tpusa.com. tpusa.com. It couldn't get any simpler than tpusa.com. So you're at UT. What's your role at UT um, as far as a representative for Turning Point USA? What's your role or your job there? I am the field representative for the Alamo Territory, so I handle all the colleges in the Hill Country area of Texas, and UT is one of my schools. It's one of my main locations, and I help those students bring in big events like Charlie Kirk. I help them come up with different social ideas for dinners and get meetings going, so I am kind of their middleman between Turning Point and the students. Man, that sounds great. That sounds like a fun job. So you've got Charlie Kirk coming to Austin, coming to UT, and uh, tell us about that event and where and when and uh, if it's open to the public and how we can get involved. Absolutely. Charlie Kirk is going to be coming October 12th at 7 p.m. He's going to be speaking in the Alumni Center at UT. And you can get involved, you can volunteer, or you can come and watch the event. He's going to be debating, and it's really easy to get involved. You just go to tpusa.com slash live free, and you can register for the event completely free. Slash live free. You know, I'm looking at that website right now. You have, there is a Made in America tour. There is a Free America tour, a live free tour. Um, you mentioned something about um, debating. Who is uh, Charlie going to be debating? Is uh, and and uh, yeah, what? Tell us about that. Absolutely. So Charlie's going to be debating anybody who has opposing views or questions, or anybody that just disagrees with Turning Point or Charlie himself. Um, if you don't agree with what Charlie says, you get the mic first. You get to talk to him and. Um, we have the whole thing on film, so it's going to be really fun. Wow. Yeah, that does sound fun. I, I, that's, um, you know, it takes a lot of, uh, of, of, uh, cojones to stand up in, in front of whether you're Charlie Kirk or anybody and say to your audience, Hey, anything you don't like about me, come on up here and we're going to talk about it or anything you don't like about my views, come on up here and we're going to talk about it. So, uh, that, that makes him pretty, uh, he must be pretty confident in himself, so give us again the details and where we can find information. It's going to be at the Alumni Center at UT this coming Wednesday. Um, is this going to be in the evening? Yes, at 7 p.m. At 7 p.m. And once again, how can people get more information, Marilyn, about it? And um, TPUSA, go ahead and fill us in on that. TPUSA.com? Yep. 
Uh, you can register for the event at tpusa.com slash live free, and you can click on the UT tour. There you go. Live free. Click on the UT um, event. And uh, if we have people listening outside of here, where are other places do you happen to know? Let me see if I can pull them up. The live free tour, I think I've got it up here. Um, oh, it looks like you've got um, Delaware, Newark, Delaware. Do you get to go on any of those trips to Delaware or Phoenix or Lansing? Do you get to do any of that yet? No, I don't get to go with Charlie to all those schools. I wish I could. Eh, there's something to work forward to. But, yeah, folks, if you're listening from anywhere else in the country, they're going to be in Florida, Tallahassee, Charlotte. They're going to be in Kansas City, Fargo, all kinds of great places, Lansing, Michigan, Newark, uh, Phoenix. Um, but go to tpusa.com forward slash live free, and uh, there is the tour. And if you want tickets for I uh, just clicked on it right here, and it tells about tickets for that, and it's nice and easy. Wednesday, October 12th at 7 o'clock. The doors open at 6. Go to tpusa.com uh, live free tour. Marilyn, thank you so much for calling in this morning. We appreciate it, and uh, we're praying to cover you in Austin. Man, you are, you're like in the lion's den over there in, at UT, aren't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so let's pray for coverage for our, our friend Marilyn Norwood over at UT. And, uh, Marilyn, thank you again for calling in, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right, thank you so much. All right, so there you go, Marilyn Norwood. Uh, with TPUSA, and uh, real excited to, uh, if you haven't seen Charlie Kirk, or if you have some grandkids or kids that have not seen Charlie Kirk, listen, this is, you need to go see this. You need to take your, your kids, your grandkids, or just buy them tickets, send them on their way. I'm not even sure that if you have to buy tickets, I, I'm not, I don't even think you need to buy tickets. Uh, but anyway, go check it out. My fault for not asking Marilyn that. She might have even told me it was free. Um, but um, anyway, go check it out, TPUSA. Take your kids, take your grandkids. If you've never heard um, Charlie Kirk speak, then, you know, he's um, on, on uh, he has got a lot of podcasts, and he is also on our program here, I believe, in the evenings. And I'm looking around for a note um, that says he's here. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he uh, is on uh, on the Hill Country Patriot every evening. Folks, uh, we're going to take a short break, and uh, when we get back, um, we're going to talk again about the uh, uh, the what is a Republican and uh, what has the Senate been doing during the interim. These are some interesting things. We'll see what the uh, Senate's been up to in the interim. All right, y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Find out more about the Fredericksburg Tea Party at fredericksburgteaparty.org. All right. We are back and um we were just um we were just discussing before um Miss Norwood before Marilyn joined us on the line, we were discussing once again one of my favorite topics. What is a Republican? How do you define a Republican? And when someone runs with an R by their name, what you should you expect from them? 
Well, uh, those of us in the grassroots have been real frustrated over the last three or four sessions or five. Se- actually, we've been frustrated a long, longer than that. But, you know, the priorities of the Republican Party, that's a relatively new thing. I believe this may be the only this possibly could be only the fourth um, uh, convention where we have created uh, legislative priorities, the fourth or the fifth. Someone, uh, my Republican friends, uh, can send me a text if I'm wrong, but it's relatively new. And um, since it has, it, it, since I've been paying attention to it, it's been very, very clear that uh, the Republicans in the House, mostly in the Texas House, um, the leadership there doesn't pay any attention to these priorities. They all claim to be Republicans, and they have a Republican caucus. But as, since I have been engaged, very, very few of the priorities have been handled. It took something like, I don't know how many years it took us to get uh, um, a permitless carry. Some people like to call uh, a constitutional carry. I can't call it that. It's a, a permitless carry. Um, and so th- we got that through after a while. We got the, um, uh, the, the, the abortion, getting rid of abortion. That one, uh, that one we, uh, we sort of kind of, uh, uh, dealt with, you know, it was kind of funny. I think the Republicans, there were a lot of people and even conversations I had with, uh, folks that said, there's no way, no how that the Supreme court's ever going to turn is going to reverse Roe Wade. They just said it wasn't going to happen. So guess how easy it was for them to vote on a bill that says if Roe v. Wade ever gets overturned, then we're going to go back to the Texas abortion bill that we had before or come up, go to the heartbeat bill or go to um, a complete abolishment of abortion. So they, they all agreed to, they all voted on that because, see, that was an easy vote to take because they did not think it was a risky vote. So every Republican was able to say, well, yeah, we're going to do that. And, and then wink, wink, nod, nod. And there were several that told me, look, Roe Wade is never going to get overturned. So that was a safe vote for them to take. Now they're not too sure on that. And, uh, I told you uh, about last week uh, that there was a house, Texas house member and a Texas uh, Senate member who carry ours by their name. They just want it. They just not sure about that legislation. Now, see, they voted for it. They voted for it. And now they're against it, man. They're starting to sound like a carrier, somebody like that. They voted for it. And now they're going to vote against it. I, I don't understand, but anyway, so the SREC, which has never really stood with the, um, grassroots in the past, not very strongly anyways, um, and, uh, have now started to come around. So the SREC, the state Republican executive committee got together and, uh, they wrote a resolution and it was passed. Um, there are 62 state, uh, Republican executive committee members, each, uh, Senate district. Uh, remember we have, uh, 31 senators and each, uh, Senate district has, um, two, uh, representatives on the state Republican executive committee, a male and a female. No, the Republican party does not believe in more than uh, two genders. So, um, we have a state Republican executive committee made up of this one man and one woman from each Senate district. So there was a resolution, a very simple resolution. It's just a resolution, right? You know, resolutions are just words on a piece of paper. 
A lot of people say that that's a good reason not to even consider resolutions is because they're just words on a piece of paper. Other people say that resolutions are extremely important because they are, in a sense, kind of legally sending a message. Once it's in the form of a resolution and has been voted on, then some people say, well, that's an important thing and uh, because it makes it kind of official, right? And so the uh, I was quite surprised when I read this article that the, uh, uh, the state, uh, the SREC, had a vote on the resolution that really basically asks Republican legislators to adopt the legislative priorities of the Republican Party of Texas and make those priorities public. So basically what they're saying is if you're a, uh, we'll just use a random example of a Republican in the Texas House, uh, let me think, Andy Murr. So it's a simple resolution that let's apply it to Andy Murr and Ellen Troxclair that, of course, Ellen hadn't been elected yet, but it's pretty, I'm pretty sure she's going to be. Um, and it's so for Andy and Ellen, it's real simple that says, would you, will you publicly make these priorities your priorities as well. That doesn't mean you need to abandon whatever priorities you had for your for your county or for your home district. It doesn't mean you have to abandon those or put them on the back burner, right? But it's just real simple that asks, would a Republican legislator please just adopt these priorities as their own and make that uh, 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 public? It's called adopt and publish. All right. It's all, it calls on the Republican caucus as well, not just the different members, but uh, the Republican caucuses to also to adopt and publish their priorities ahead of the session. You know, it's very common for us to hear from the governor, and he always gives a nice speech uh, there at the um, at the uh, uh, just out under the pink dome in the People's Republic of Austin. This year, it's going to be on January tenth. And he always gives a really cool speech there where he gives his priorities. Dan Patrick will also uh, do a, a, a speech and give his priorities. And then somewhere in there, I think Dade Phelan does. I don't know. Um, but they give their priorities. Now, here's what's interesting. How often do the priorities of those three uh, office holders match up with the priorities of the Republican Party of Texas that we put together that the grassroots put together, the worker bees of the Republican Party put together, how often do those coincide? How often do those look the same? So far, there is, um, so far, they don't look very much the same. In the last uh, four or five sessions that I've been involved, three or four sessions that I've been involved, they just have not looked the same. Now, there would be a little overlap, and as our vice president was so happy the other day, uh, uh, Comedy Harris was um, talking about Venn diagrams. Um, I, you know, if you do the Venn diagram of uh, the RPT uh, platform and priorities and you overlay it with the uh, priorities of the Speaker of the House, um, there's very little intersection and has been in the very little intersection in the past. And not only that, the current leadership, the, uh, uh, the the assumed leadership, the presumed leader of the Republican Party in of the Republican uh, held Texas House. Um, very interesting that um, his some of his priorities actually fly in the face of the Republican Party 
um, uh, uh, priorities. Uh, he does not uh, want us to uh, protect our elections anymore. Um, he thinks that uh, when they weakened the election laws, uh, the last session, a, a special session, when they weakened the laws last time, um, he he now says that's all been litigated. We're not going to relitigate that. That was his own words to the governor. We're not going to relitigate that. That's been decided. So uh, that falls outside of the uh, intersection in the Venn diagram. Uh, banning Democratic chairs, man, there has been not a squeak of a word out of Dade feeling on that. Um, nor have I heard anything from those in the Republican caucus um, about banning Democrat chairs. And yet there it is, legislative priorities of the Republican Party. And not only that, not only that, but when they had the vote in the uh, SREC, and I find this very interesting, it was uh, the resolution, real simple resolution, was passed by 58 to 4. There were four people in the state Republican executive committee that do not think the priorities of the Republican party of Texas should be dealt with in the next session. Who are these people? That's real easy. It is Jim Pickle, P-I-K-L. Um, I'm pretty sure I met Jim um, at the state convention because of that last name. Uh, Jan Duncan, uh, Fernando Trevino, and Gail Stannert. And I know Gail Stannert as well from the, um, uh, from the uh, state convention. These are people on the SREC who represent uh, uh, certain Senate districts in Texas, and uh, they're not interested in holding Republicans accountable to the Republican Party platform or the Republican Party priorities. I, 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 I don't understand that. Why do they even want to be on an executive committee of an organization they don't agree with? I, I, I don't understand that. It, it just doesn't make any sense at all, yet there they are. And um, I don't understand why certain representatives don't want to um, represent, don't want to follow the Republican Party platform or priorities. I'm still, still don't get that one. Um, we were talking yesterday, you, you need to call your uh, representative or your likely representative and let them know, just ask them, are they going to put, um, are they going to make the Democrat Party priorities a part of their priorities are they willing to publish that are they willing to ask them if they're going to file a bill for any one of the priorities ask them or better yet front load the question ask them this way say um so mr Meyer, um which of the legislative priorities of the republican party are you going to file a bill on it's, it's pretty easy. The list is pretty short. There's only eight of them. If he doesn't know what they are, just, um, you know, show him the eight and say, you know, just pick, you can pick one now um, and decide that you're going to file a bill on that. Um, the first day to file a bill, I believe, is the Monday after following the election. So that is um, 
looking around here. You know, I have a new seat here in the um, in the studio now that I'm running the board by myself, and uh, things don't look the same. So, um, but the first Monday after the uh, election of November eighth is the first day to file uh, bills. Um, ask Mr. Murr. Um, which of the priorities or if he's going to be filing bills on any of the priorities. In fact, you know, we talked yesterday about your strategy. Uh, the, they, um, when you ask about Democrat chairs, the first answer has been, oh, you want us to look like Washington, D.C. In other words, they've decided that there's just a binary choice. Um, there's more choices than binary. So that, that argument's out the window. The next one is uh, that they've started using is they turn it on you. They want to say, um, so which uh, committee, which committee chair ba- kept out a Republican primary, right? They want to turn it on you because they don't want to answer the question. So instead of answering that question, just say, listen, why don't you tell me which bills this session? Let's talk about this session. Let's not talk about history, uh, Mr. Phelan. Uh, why don't we talk about this upcoming session and uh, which of these priorities um, are you going to file a bill on? That you don't have to answer their questions. Um, if your if your uh, um, your your representative tries to turn your question onto you by making you answer a question, you don't have to do that. So when they turn this on you, just say, "Look, that was the past. Let's tell us now what you're going to do in the. How about this session? Which of these priorities are you going to file a bill on? One of them, two of them. How about all eight of them?" Which one of them are you going to file a bill on? Just pick one. Um, so this is a good way to ask. Now that it, the SREC has said, has asked all Republicans to sign on to these priorities, and now that the state um, convention has been held and the thousands of Republicans who who were concerned enough about the Republican Party process that they bothered to attend in Houston, all right? Um, so we decided there what the priorities were going to be. Uh, there's all all kinds of uh, reasons now to find out from your representative, your senator, your representative, what are they going to do about the priorities which priorities are they going to file a bill on just ask them that keep it simple which priorities are you going to file a bill on and um there you go folks we're going to take a short break and when i get back i think i'm going to read something out of um the american story by david barton so uh, y'all stay tuned and we will be right back Texas politicians fear him. He's Matt Long. Man, that sounds good or what? Southbound. I have seen the Allman Brothers a bunch of times. One of the cool things about going to the Allman Brothers is that... um, uh, they uh, record their programs, and then if you want a copy of the uh, of the uh, concert you went to from the soundboard, it is right there. How cool is that? Straight off the soundboard. And uh, the last time we saw them, we had pretty good tickets. And then to be able to uh, order the CD, uh, download the uh, concert, that was so 
fun and to say, yep, we were there. We heard when he uh, missed that note. And uh, so, uh, yeah, that has been um, absolutely a great part of, uh, of of living in the South. Some good dadgum said good music, hadn't there been? All right, so once again, to recap what has seems to have been a theme for about a week here is holding um, R's accountable to the R. Um, and uh, that is uh, that is just something that has got to take place. We have got to start holding those people responsible. In fact, I'm pretty much making a personal commitment. Um, if the Texas House does not behave, if the Republican Party does not hold them accountable, if the Texas House continues to operate in a manner that is destructive to the um, uh, Republican Party of Texas, if they continue to put Democrats, listen, we're I, I'm, I'm going to make a fuss out of that this year, and then I, I pretty much can tell you there's no way, no how I'm going to stand and fight for Republicans anymore if they, if they do this to us again. All right, we're always saying, oh, man, they did it to us again. Once again, Rupert John Cornyn betrayed us, duh. Oh, look, Speaker of the House, Dade Phelan betrayed us, duh. And yet we keep going back in. And it's because those because those R's that you never hear anything, those Republicans you never hear anything about until they want you to go out and block walk and put signs in your yard. You never hear a word from those guys. And then they come to you every two years and they say, oh, you got to vote Republican. It's better than Beto. We're, we're better than uh, whoever. Pick a name, fill in the blank. Folks, I'm at the point where um, that argument doesn't cut it for me. i got to see something out of the Texas House this year. We've got to see something out of the leadership, out of the Republican leadership in the Texas House this year. It's got to happen. We're And it's up to us to hold them accountable. Join me on January 10th. I already have a couple of cool shirts that pretty much say, keep the donkeys out of the elephant's chairs. There's a little bit different language. They didn't use the, they didn't use the term donkey, <laughs> but, uh, got some pretty cool shirts. We're going to make uh, we're going to have some fun on January 10th, but we're also, I think it's going to be very, very important that Republicans show up for more than just a party on January 10th. Cause in the past, it's always been just a party. The Republicans grassroots need to show up this year on January 10th and let Dade Phelan know that um, he needs to either be replaced, he needs to find, they need to find new leadership, or Dade Phelan needs to stop putting, um, stop putting progressive communist Democrats on our import on our important chairs um, of committees. It, that's just got to stop. And this is the year for it to stop. And uh, to be honest with you, it's going to be really, really, really hard to support the Republican Party if the party itself allows this. Because, see, it's the party that allows it with no accountability. And um, so please don't come to me in two years, you know, wanting to block walk and, and, and work the elections and all these things the Republicans ask for you every two years, your local Republican clubs and parties and what have you, uh, your Republican women and all these, they all want you to do something, and then they don't give a rat's ass about you when they get in office in January and they just uh, 
they don't care at that point. They're in office. They've gotten the work out of you. They'll ignore you for a couple of more years. And then they know that you'll come back and vote for Republicans because in two years they'll say, well, it's better than, and there'll be somebody new. It won't be Beto. It'll be Beto 2.0. Well, you got to vote Republican because it's better than Beto 2.0 and we'll all fall for it again. I'm sick and tired of that. I think it's about time the rest of uh, these Republicans out here join us on that. Um, in uh, chapter 12 of the American story, uh, that's, uh, this is um, the uh, book written by David Barton and Tim Barton, his son. Um, and by the way, you can get a copy of that next Thursday night at the Fredericksburg Tea Party Meeting. We'll sell you one at about cost. Um, at about cost. Um, we have been able to order these in bulk and can give you uh, pass that savings on to you. Chapter 12 is talking about some of the folks who have been uh, uh, who have been called deists. For example, Ben Franklin um, and uh, Thomas uh, Paine. Of course, he was one of the uh, he, he was one of the true uh, few true deists. Um, who else? Um, oh yeah, this um, Thomas Jefferson, another one of those they said was a deist. Anyway. This is the chapter uh, 12. It is an unfortunate tendency that in recent years, many writers and academics emphasize what are the exceptions rather than the rule concerning faith among notables in the founding era. Thus, the anti-religious positions of Thomas Paine and Ethan Allen are highlighted, along with a few letters from Thomas Jefferson or John Adams as well as select statements by Benjamin Franklin or James Madison. Yet while individuals such as Jefferson and Franklin did not agree with every traditional doctrine of Christianity, they, along with Adams and Madison, nevertheless were public advocates of both Christianity and the Bible. Important facts that are conveniently omitted by those who wrongly seek to portray to portray the American founders as anti-religious or anti-Christian. So, take Benjamin Franklin as an example. The modern narrative of him being irreligious and even anti-religious is more the result of agenda-driven historical misrepresentations than actually historical than accurate historical facts. Franklin, early in his life, while in his 20s, called himself a deist. He also had loose sexual morals during this time and fathered a child outside of wedlock. But Franklin renounced deism and changed significantly as the years passed, especially after his extended friendship with the Reverend George Whitfield. Franklin ended up publishing many of Whitfield's sermons, so many, in fact, that in only a single year, Franklin published seven times as many of Whitfield's works as he had the previous year, tripling Franklin's printing business. As Franklin aged, he steadily became more outspoken in favor of religion and morality in private as well as public life. He helped start schools in which African-American students learned not only academics, but also the principles of Christianity. He also helped found the College of Philadelphia, now the University of Pennsylvania, for the explicitly declared purpose of instructing youth in the knowledge of the Christian religion 
personally affirming that the history classes of the university would, and here's a quote, here's what he said would the history classes would do, they would afford frequent opportunities of showing the necessity of a public religion from its usefulness to the public and the advantage of religious character among private persons and the excellency of the Christian religion above all others, ancient or modern. And when Thomas Paine, who was an anti-religious and one of the few true deists in the founding era, informed Franklin of his plan to write a piece that was a direct assault on the Bible and Christianity, Franklin's response to Paine was unequivocal and forceful. So here's Franklin writing a letter to Paine, who's just said, I'm going to write, I'm going to assault Christianity. Here's what Ben said. The consequence of printing this piece will be a great deal of odium or hate drawn upon yourself, mischief to you, and no benefit to others. He that spits into the wind spits in his own face. But were you to succeed, do you imagine any good would be done by it? Think how great a portion of mankind have need of the motives of religion to restrain them from vice to support their virtue. I would advise you, therefore, not to attempt unchaining the tiger, but to burn this piece before it's seen by any other person. So um, there you go. Ben Franklin, uh, pretty clear about that. And um, folks, um, be nice to the tourist weekend this weekend. Be safe out there on the road. Uh, need to pray for our country, our government. We need to pray for all of those uh, around us. Just all kinds of um, people to pray for. Um, so uh, y'all stay tuned, and uh, we will be um, we'll be uh, we'll see y'all on Monday. Have a good weekend.